Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with your gardening quandaries. My guest this week is Alan Down, an expert in hardy garden plants, who I've known over the years and have great respect for his gardening knowledge. My thanks to Hayloft, sponsors of this podcast. Wonderful weekend weather in uh, Essex. Last Saturday uh, I was digging a border at the RHS Hyde Hall Garden, ready for some autumn bedding to go in, and the views across the uh, countryside were really quite stunning. Lots of people there too, enjoying all the colourful flowers. I was interested to see that uh, the new introduction of Petunia cross calibricoa called Beauty Cow comes in five colours, but the cinnamon colour was actually changing. It was going from a sort of tan brown to uh, um, a quite a deep carmine. I haven't really seen that before. Uh, well, not a, not a colour change in quite the same sense. When we get lower night temperatures, then colours do strengthen, particularly on roses. Uh, um, and in the spring, you'll see it too with uh, things like tulips. Those grown in protection will be a softer colour than those grown outside in cooler temperatures. So it will be interesting to see what happens to Beauty Cow Cinnamon over the next uh, month or six weeks. We've had quite a number of uh, significant visitors to the Floral Fantasia area at Hyde Hall and I was very pleased last week to show the plant breeder Charles Vallin around. Uh, Charles really works absolute miracles with his uh, paintbrush and pollen and things uh, uh, and he's a man who's given us the Helianthus Sun Believable, that uh, species hybrid of sunflower which just flowers and flowers it's very popular with the visiting public at Hyde Hall you'll also come across his name on a foxglove uh, digitalis valinii so uh, he's actually got his name in perpetuity on a digitalis very skilled plant breeder and it was good to spare time with him On the news front, I can report at last that Wyvale has sold the last of their 22 garden centres to British garden centres. They're based up in the north-east. 
They now have 49 centres and have become the second largest chain. Dobbies, of course, based up in Edinburgh, are the largest and they have 69. The big challenge now, particularly for those uh, independent companies that have taken on some of the Wyvale centres, is the recruitment of staff. Getting qualified staff uh, really is quite demanding. If you love growing plants, it's a great job. But of course you do like to have to work outside when on occasions the wind blows, uh, it's cold and wet. Uh, but there, if you like being out in the open air, they're a great uh, way to earn a living. Wyvale started selling their 145 centres in May 2018 uh, and now we see an end to that giant chain. Hopefully I'll have uh, other news. It is interesting that quite a lot of the Wyvale centres have gone to independent operators and I think it's going to uh, really invigorate the whole garden centre trade. You know, if you're in a big chain... Some of the staff, I think, felt somewhat remote. Uh, and if a smaller family business comes in and uh, takes control, they can look after their staff a little better uh, and encourage them to do a really good job. Interesting news, too, from the National Trust at Ham House, where they say uh, jackdaws, ten of them, have come to the salvation of a box moth caterpillar. Apparently the jackdaws quite like eating them, so that's pretty good news. I hear also that uh, Garden Organic has now sold its right and gardens to uh, Coventry University for £2.4 million. Garden Organic uh, are going to remain a tenant apparently, but the gardens uh, are closed to the general public. Uh, questions came to us thick and fast at Coolings uh, and uh, a number of people were asking about bulbs grown in containers and wanted to know whether they would flower again. Well, it depends on two things really. Uh, if you plant the top size of bulb, then not only will you get bigger and better flowers that uh, following spring, but the bulbs will also remain bigger and stronger and more likely to flower in a second year. What you do have to do, of course, is to keep the bulbs f uh, fed and watered after the petals have dropped, so that the bulb is fed up as much as can be, and then there's a very good chance that they will flower again. But whatever you do, don't cut the leaves off. Let them grow as uh, long as they can and die down naturally. There was a question too about blueberry fruits, uh, which I thought was timely. Uh, and the questioner was worried that uh, fruits this year were just very small and a bit shriveled. Blueberries, of course, need moisture. And we had some really hot weather when the berries were swelling. And I'm afraid that's the explanation. You need to get a really good lot of water into uh, blueberries, especially those grown in containers to make sure the fruits get up to their full size. A uh, splash or two of ericaceous uh, plant fertiliser too is uh, very useful. There were several questions about pruning old climbing roses. 
many climbing roses, if they're left just to do their stuff for several years, become uh, almost like trees, woody basal trunk, and then the flowers all up out of sight. You've got to be in the bedroom window to smell them. And the best bet there with uh, really old, uncared for climbing roses is next spring, so we in March or thereabouts, to cut out at least a third of the old stems. Cut them right out down to the ground uh, and then that will uh, prompt strong new growth from the base. And as that grows, if you can train it horizontally, up and then curved over and horizontal, then at every leaf joint there'll be a, a shoot develop uh, because you put that pressure and sort of reduce the sap flow and each of those side shoots will flower. Then, of course, in the second and third year, you can cut out the other second, third and third, third <laughs> of uh, old wood and within three seasons have completely rejuvenated the climber uh, and you will have all these nice young stems with the side shoots flowering. If you want some of the branches to be upright, well then, after a season or so, when you've got the laterals growing, then you can take the branches upright. But they'll be much more attractive and furnished well down, almost close to the ground. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. My guest today is Alan Down, the gardening voice for the Southwest, a former Nuffield scholar travelling across North America, where the experience gained gave him confidence to set up business on his own. How are things in sunny Bristol today, Alan? No, further west now, Peter. I used to be in Bristol. I, I live now in South Somerset. And how good it is to hear you. <laughs> now, I did a little research, and when I came to the end of it, I thought that you should be in this seat, not me. I mean, your experience in the... Uh, Horticultural and gardening world is quite remarkable. And you actually started on a glasshouse nursery, I believe. I did indeed, yes. I started on a very traditional glasshouse nursery, um, which was jolly hard work in those days. And what were you growing? We were growing tomatoes, and we were then finishing a, a crop of chrysanthemums in clay pots that were brought in after the tomato crop had finished in the autumn. 
So the croissant's grown outside, yep. tied up it to, to a clay wire. Pot. Yeah, and then you had to lift and hump those really heavy oh, clay yeah. pots, yeah. Weren't they heavy? Yeah. And, and steam sterilising soil? Yes, Hodgson pipe steam sterilising, digging <laughs> those pipes into the ground and then covering with a sheet and plugging in the steam and, and retreating <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really hard graft. And, and the smell of steaming soil. You yeah, know, you I, never I, forget it. it. No, never. it comes to me even now as we're talking. Yeah. Uh, but then you went on and had a pretty good formal training. Yes, yes. So then, I, then I went to um, Cannington College for, for a year, did a commercial horticultural course there, and then straight on to Pershaw College and did the um, intermediate NDH course with them and stayed on for a further year teaching fruit, practical fruit um, techniques and studying at the same time. So that was, that was the ideal scenario whereby... Uh, I was getting paid for study <laughs> and teaching at the same time, but also access to all those experts that were teaching the students at Pershaw College of Horticulture. Yeah, and we should explain a little bit. The NDH, I mean, that was a six-year course uh, yes. when I took that and pretty tough. Yes, uh, um, yes. Um, but, but, I mean, you actually came top didn't you, of the year in commercial horticulture? Uh, I did, I you did. Know, you know, you, you leave me digging. again in shame. What? <laughs> you have been digging. I, I also was the first, I think, to uh, complete the NDH, now Master of Horticulture, in five years. Yeah. Probably been done again since. I was pretty keen in those days. Yeah, well, you had to be, didn't you? Yes, you don't did. you think? Yeah, you uh, did. And then once you'd finished that college training... Yeah, uh, you, you went off travelling. I mean, you, you seem to have the travel bug a bit. Oh, I do indeed, yes. Um, I guess it started then. Uh, I, I, I decided that um, I wanted to get some experience abroad, so I, I went to Schleswig-Holstein. Uh, so that's north of Hamburg, northern Germany, where at that time it was probably the centre of, of the world for tree and shrub production, uh, both in fields and uh, beginning in pots too. Just be the container production of plants was beginning at that time yeah i mean who was that was with bruns i mean there was no really no big... no but um uh, jan bruns was a student who was a friend uh, um uh he was working also in the area so we used to drink a few beers together um and jan dieter yudlow as well that's a famous goodness name yeah for, for conifer production in particular um yes they were both students uh, at the time so um yeah rubbing shoulders with some pretty impressive people. I was working at a, a, a nursery that perhaps many people wouldn't have known. It's called um, uh, Ernst Rostock. Uh, they no longer trade, but they were um, uh, particularly moving from field production into container-grown plants, and that, that really interested me. And you were there at just the right time, weren't you? The yeah, container was. production was taking off everywhere. It was, yeah. yeah. But then you came back home? Yeah, came back home, actually... Um, I came, but I was persuaded to come back home by uh, Robert Hillier and, and, and Brian Humphrey, who, who ostensibly came out, I think, to, to interview me and persuade me to come and join them and start the container enterprise at Hillier Nurseries. But I think if the truth were known, they actually fancied a bit of nightlife in Hamburg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I always thought Brian was a more staid individual. I could uh, expect oh, yeah, a I little think, bit, perhaps, of Robert. <laughs> yeah, I think it, Robert might have led him astray a little. <laughs> 
two great names again. Yeah. Uh, and I've just laid hands on a book uh, by Brian yeah. on bench grafting. I mean, it is a fantastic work. Thank yeah. goodness I, he's committed that to paper. But what a man. Boy, yeah, he could use absolutely. a knife. Yeah. And I'm so delighted he's finished it. He's been working on it a long time. I've yet to see a copy, but um, I'm sure anything that Brian did was so thorough and so... Uh, full of detail that it will be well. It is. It, it'll be a standard work. Oh, I think forever. Yes. yes. I mean, it, it, there's absolutely no question. Yeah. It, presumably, it's, you know, it, you've 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 got a copy. You've seen it. It'll be up there with Garner's handbook. It is, but it's um, much more comprehensive and is much it? more detailed. Is yes. It? Yeah. You know. I mean, I have Gardner's grafting book too, which is mostly outside stuff, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. But, but again, what a wonderful experience you had at Hillier's. And not only that, you met a very good lady, I believe. Yeah, I met my wife there. <laughs> she was working, uh, she was the second in charge of the florist shop. Hillier's had a florist shop at the top of uh, uh, Winchester High Street at that time. And uh, Felicity, my wife, had also been travelling. And she, she came back at the same time to join Hillier's that, um, that I joined them. And we'd both turned down an offer to join Hillier's the year before. Amazing. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. And you were there for some years, of course. Uh, nine mm. years. Nine busy years building up the container enterprise. It was just started when I, I got there. And um, Harold Hillier, uh, the great Sir Harold Hillier, was very keen on container production at the time um, and very uh, much uh, had the view that growing in containers and garden centres was the way of the future, and uh, I remember immense support from him um, in uh, getting that enterprise up and running. We started with one capillary bed, that's, uh, capillary irrigation bed, and when I left, I think we were approaching sort of 25 acres of container production. What? <laughs> Pretty yeah. dramatic. I, well, and, and considerable experience again, and, and then you had, then you were brave enough to set off on your own. Yes, but the catalyst for that was a, a Nuffield scholarship, Nuffield Farming Foundation, a source for funding for travel. It was set up by Lord Nuffield many, many years ago. He had two prime interests outside of his motor business. One was the health, so at Nuffield Hospitals, and the other was agriculture. And uh, Nuffield Farming Scholarship still goes on today, and um, it's a, a wonderful Scheme whereby people who are established in their careers and are able to leave their careers, their farms, their, their, their nurseries, are given a, tr a considerable travel award. I think mine was uh, nearly £10,000 back in 1980. And you could choose a subject that interested you and go and study it for nine weeks, then come back and report on it and pass on the knowledge you've gained so as to improve standards within the industry. I mean, we need to recommend, don't we, young people to uh, look at that on the website and, and apply for Nuffield Scholarship. Nuffield Farming Scholarship Trust, yeah. 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 My, my colleague Steve Bradley, you know, he, yeah. he went to the States too. He did too, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, I know Steve. It, yeah, can, it can completely change your approach to life, can't it? It you? does, yeah, it can do. And um, yes, I mean... I don't know if you um, drink cider, Peter, but 
uh, I'm sure you've heard of Thatcher's cider. <laughs> not not too much of the draft cider. I, no, I no, 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 no. Well, <laughs> have Martin, that for lunch, and I'm not much good in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Martin Thatcher is a, is a recent, more recent uh, Nuffield scholar, and I think it's fair to say that the it was a great business before, but now it's a fantastic business that's become international and grown immensely largely because of the things he learnt and, and yeah. came back and applied. Yeah, the exchange of information, so valuable. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. But then what did uh, you and Felicity do? Well, we, 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 um, uh, we started to look for um, uh, a place to grow. Um, we were initially thinking, well, we'll produce our own container plants and sell them to garden centres or direct to the public. Um, and uh, we were looking for quite some considerable time. And then we found a place that uh, was near Bristol, not too far from my parents' farm. So they were able to help us in setting up, in, in providing us a corner of, of the farmyard where we put in a polytunnel and started propagating plants. And then eventually we bought um, Cleve Nursery, which it was that sort of ideal uh, business to buy that was great location, but very run down, very, very run down. And... Uh, uh, we bought that and um, put young energy into it, um, and uh, it, it was the, the, the time when garden centres were just growing and we were doubling turnover year after year. Um, so we got it at the right time and built up a, a, a very uh, good business, added a, a small holding where we grew our plants again um, nearby, and, and uh, we're almost, well, I think we were 60% self-sufficient in hardy plants. Goodness, yeah. And, and then uh, you, you have a lovely old barn and stable. As, we uh, did, yeah. The, the, our shop was, uh, well, 230 or 40 years old. So it had lots of character. Um, and we had to um, we had to renovate that. Um, and But we kept the character. It had cobblestone floors and all the sort of things that make retailing difficult, you know, thick walls. And, <laughs> yes. But yeah. you can't, you can't, yeah. you can't beat that character. No, you, you, it's essential. You know, when so you, different to all the other yeah. uh, retail, garden retailers. Yes, you have an experience when you go. You just, yeah, it just feels exactly. right, smells right, yes, yeah. looks right. But then I mentioned in the introduction that you're the voice of the Southwest. Yeah. So how did that all come about? Well, that came about because I took the paper and uh, they have a, a weekend pullout in it. It's called West Country Life. And I noticed there was no gardening. So I rang up the editor and said, you need to have gardening in here. What's more, I'll write it for you. Yeah, one door closes, another one opens, but sometimes you have to push. You so you were pushing push, yeah. that door, yeah. And and, um, and so I, I, I built up a, um, a following there. Yeah. And when I run my eyes down the staff that you employed on those garden centre and uh, nursery, they were all trained and qualified. Yeah. Well, not all, actually. Peter, there were some trained ones. You're right, there's some qualified ones, but many of them had changed career. Oh, right. Yeah, so we, 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 we've had um, people who had previous careers with the RAF, uh, police force, um, well, the, for, the former chef, yes, yeah, or garden centre yeah, manager, yeah. yeah. And they've they've um, they've had enough of that and gone into horticulture because they wanted to have an enjoy more enjoyable career. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, uh, Alan, just very quickly, give us a, a tip before we finish today. You know, with all your experience, nice autumn weather. Uh, uh, yeah. What's I, a tip for gardeners now? I love. 
hardy cyclamen. I mean, cyclamen in pots are great, windowsill, so on, houseplants, fantastic. But the hardy ones, uh, once you get them established, are such good value. And they'll grow in the most difficult of places. That sort of rooty, dry soil underneath a tree, um, where nothing else but perhaps ivy will flourish, they'll settle in there and seed themselves and colonize it and spread. And every autumn, they'll give you a display of lovely pink blooms, uh, sweetly scented, just slightly scented. And of course, there are white ones as well. And uh, so that's Cyclamen heterifolium. But I'm a, I'm a sucker for the later flowering Cyclamen coom. And that one I find needs a, perhaps a bit more uh, water retaining soil, um, but it's a tough plant. And that flowers in January and February. And those plants are about now, um, you can buy them as dry corms, but sometimes they're quite hard to get going. So if you can get pot grown plants, um, English grown pot grown plants, pop those in, you won't need many. And with a bit of patience in time, you'll have an absolute carpet of lovely pink cyclamen. Alan, I'm with you 100% on those. I, I have both underplanted in a rose bed and they give me great joy through the yeah. winter. Yeah. yeah, It's great speaking to you. Thank you very much for giving us time. We wish you well. It's an absolute pleasure, Peter. What's on? Well, it's the landscape show at Battersea Park for the trade from the 17th to the 19th of September and my colleague Steve Bradley is interviewing Mark Gregory. I'll be very interested to hear how that goes. Mark of course a great landscaper and probably won more medals for Chelsea Flower Show Gardens than anyone. In my hotel bedroom up in Cheshire recently uh, there was a, a sign on the wall and it says Life is too short to wake up with regrets. So love the people who treat you right and forget about those who don't. So there we are. I hope you wake up without regrets. My thanks to Hayloft, sponsors of this podcast, and also my producer this week, Rich Jarman. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.